It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free time of the Hail Mary three by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 848 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, December the 17th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. And you can find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. Also, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network on your favorite podcast provider. We have a show covering all of your favorite teams. I can guarantee you that. And if you subscribe to rate, review, support, it is always very much appreciated by all of our wonderful local experts covering all of your favorite teams every day. Uh, And we also have national shows, including the new Locked On Bets, a brand new gambling show hosted by Locked On Raiders host, your boy Q, and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports every single day taking you through uh, basically what you should be betting on and what you shouldn't be betting on if you are a sports better. So keep an eye out for that show in your feed every single day as well. All right, let's get to today's episode of the podcast. On today's show, it is an annual tradition as grand as any on this podcast. It is over-unders and props time for the 2020-2021 season. I believe it's our fourth edition of this, maybe the third. Either way, it's one of my favorite shows of the year. And joining me are the same two dudes who are on every version of this here podcast. First up, it's our pal Vivek Jacob. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Just uh, enjoyed watching... Tottenham fall apart oh, at the last minute. God. I assume that's why Sahal needed the little extra time <laughs> to just wipe away the tears. <laughs> it feels pretty cool to be on a podcast with two Spurs fans right after that game. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, uh, shut up. Uh, the other guest, the better <laughs> guest on today's show, is Sahal Abdi, as uh, alluded to there, a uh, friend in liking Spurs, and also the defending over unders and props champion in this exercise, winning for the COVID season. So I'm not sure it counts, really. It's kind of a fake win. But either way, congratulations, Sahal, and welcome back. How are you, man? I'm good, man. Um, contrary to what Vivek actually said, I was actually dusting off the trophy the last time I was on this podcast um, from when <laughs> I took the over-under. So, um, yes, Tottenham did lose. Um, Liverpool played a great game, but we're here to talk Raptors, so uh, hopefully this gets it off my mind and um, we can talk some Malachi Flynn because that's what I'm here for. <laughs> hey, well, there will be Malachi Flynn talk on today's episode for damn sure. And uh, I, I look forward to it. This is going to be a two-part episode, by the way. The first half, we're going to get into some player-specific stats, props, and things like that. And then the second half, a little bit more in terms of sort of grand big-picture stuff and some fun ones as well that we're going to bet on. A combination of these lines are taken from betonline.ag and also from my brain. So uh, enjoy the, the collection we have. I think I did a pretty good job of setting these over-unders. I say that every year, and sometimes I'm proven wrong, but whatever. Uh, let's get to it, guys. We have some Pascal Siakam-related stuff off the top. We'll get into some other guys on the team with later questions, but let's dive in. First, our first over-under and prop for the 2020-2021 Raptors season is Pascal Siakam points per game at betonline.ag currently. 23 and a half is the over under last year. I set it at 23 and a half before the season and he ended up finishing with 22.9 points per game. Let's start with Vivek. Are you taking the over or under on 23 and a half a game for Pascal Siakam this season? Oh, uh, just give me one second. Uh, sorry. My hands were a bit full because uh, I have two trophies. Oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> of, course. of course, that was his response. <laughs> All right, you've got your gloating but, out of the way. Uh, carry on now, please. Just you know, just just so the people remember, it's been a long time. So this, this is the fourth a, one you know, we've COVID's... done. Then you, you're, I guess, the person to remember this. But you want it back to back before Sahal beat you? Correct. Okay. All right. Well, I need to win one now. Uh, anyway, who would take it on Pascal? Uh, <laughs> stop with the arrogance. Twenty-three and a half. Pascal over under. What do you got? I am actually going to take the under. What's the reasoning there? I know it's maybe a controversial choice because there's going to be shots available that Serge has left behind and a few shots that Mark has left behind. But my thinking is uh, I think Baines is actually going to be pretty aggressive shooting the ball Mm -hmm. off those screens and and rolling to the basket as well. So I think uh, he's going to have a bit of production. I think Fred Van Vliet is going to be scoring more. And I think the bench is going to be producing more as well because I think Matt Thomas is going to look to be aggressive. But focusing specifically on Pascal, I think what I've seen so far in this preseason is he's looking to play a more of a balanced game. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that can help the team uh, as a whole where he's recognizing those double teams and more than happy to dish it out off of those opportunities. And so... I think even though uh, the points total might not quite be there, I think the productivity uh, is going to be pretty much what you'd expect. Sound reasoning. Sahal, are you taking over under on 23 and a half? You know what? Oh, man. It's one of those like brain versus heart things. My, my brain's probably telling me to side with Vivek here. Mm-hmm. For all the reasons he, he listed, my heart really thinks the Occam has the ability to just keep 
increasing his points per game just off of sheer, you know, just improvement season to season. But again, when you look at it, it's like, I look at Kyle Lowry, maybe his points kind of like flooring a bit. Mm-hmm. And then I see the rest of this team just, especially OG and Anobi. I don't know if Vivek talked about OG, but OG, I think is going to go up. I think his points per game is probably going up four or five points per game. I genuinely think he's going to be a borderline all-star candidate this year, kind of like Fred was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to side with Vivek here. I'm going to take the under, which I hate to do. Like, I really just want to go against everything this guy says just to, <laughs> really, just to really stick it to him and to win this gloriously. But you know what? I'm going to side with him on this one, but I promise you things will change. Cowards, the both of you. I'm taking the over on this. I think, you know, before a little bit of a tail off in the bubble or an enormous tail off in the bubble, he was at like 23 and a half for the regular season when the season shut down. And I also think like his usage isn't going to change a ton, but I do think within the Chris Finch system, within the sort of hopefully improved half court offense and process and just through him getting better and improving on what was a pretty bad efficiency season last year. I think he has the juice to get that extra 0.6 to get up to 23 and a half. And I frankly think he's probably going to shoot well past that. This is going to be a team that plays fast. They're going to have like a lot of high possession games. He gets it on the run quite a bit. And I don't know. I, I think just a slight improvement in true shooting will lead to him averaging uh, a pretty substantial amount of points. So I'm going to take the over and uh, lead into the second part of the Pascal Siakam over-unders. Number two on our list here is Pascal Siakam true shooting percentage. Last season, he was at 55.4, accounting for that uh, sort of inefficiency, the lack of scoring despite the high usage. 57 feels to me like a pretty good bar for him to get above. Obviously, it's not, he's never going to be like the 63 or whatever he was during his season uh, behind Kawhi Leonard, but 57, I think, is pretty reasonable. I personally am going to take the over on that as well. I think there will be some improvements as I detailed in the first part. Vivek, where are you going? Over or under 57, true shooting for Pascal. Yeah, so I'm going to take the over because, again, going back to my original point, I think he's going to be looking to be more of a distributor. He's going to get guys involved. He's going to, take more efficient shots. And so I think that will lead to that true shooting, getting up over 57. Fair enough. Sahal over under 57 true shooting for Pascal. Uh, I think um, I'm really going to take belief into what Chris Finch said. Uh, I think it was a few weeks ago, if I can confirm that he did say he would get Pascal in more spots this year and more spots that he felt like he could, increase his efficiency and just become a better offensive player, player places where uh, Pascal just felt more comfortable in the court. Um, so I think that's one of the things Siakam's really going to kind of harp on. Uh, we all know his bubble performance offensively just wasn't, just wasn't it. Like it just, it simply just wasn't it. It kind of overshadowed how elite he was defensively. And um, a lot of Raptors fans, as we know, operate on recency bias pretty heavily. So well, yeah, so when, <laughs> so when Pascal's mentioned, a lot of people are like, eh, you know, like, we're fans, but... He's trash, um, actually. He's terrible at basketball. Do you not see the bubble? Crazy. It, yeah, so it's <laughs> like, I have friends and family who are, like, just all over Pascal. Like, they're fans of him, but they're just not letting the bubble, offensive bubble performance go. But um, I'm going to take the over. I think Pascal becomes a little more efficient, um, just shoots from the floor a lot better. Um, I think his free throw percentage gets upped a bit. Um, I think we're just going to see a much smarter Pascal this year. 
So I'm going to take the over. Awesome. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, we're all on the over for Pascal's true shooting percentage. Hopefully, we're all right. Uh, we move on to the third element of our overs, unders, and over, unders, and props. Blah, can't speak. Uh, this is an annual question I include. Kyle Lowry, points plus rebounds plus assists. I've set the line at 30 and a half. Bet online currently only has points and assists listed for Kyle on things you can bet on, but 18.5 points, 7.5 assists is what they have as their lines. I'm throwing in an extra four and a half for rebounds, bringing me to the 30.5 total. Uh, so Hall, let's start with you on this one. I yeah. believe if I recall last year was the first year I did not take the over on this one. Um, I took the under, you guys both took the over optimistically and were right. I usually shoot the over. Um, so my brain is a little bit scrambled here, but Sahal, what do you say to this one? I am going to take the under. Um, I think this is a year where we see Kyle Lowry is still Kyle Lowry, but we're probably going to see him rest a lot more. This is a year where Nick Nurse knows, okay, Kyle's getting up there in age and he has, I believe he's 34 now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he has gotten to the point where, yes, we're still seeing a very efficient Kyle Lowry, a, a hungry Kyle Lowry. We saw it in the bubble. It's a guy that can still perform at an all-star level and consistently, not you know, all-star level and then kind of tail off. I mean, this is a guy that can really do it on a game-by-game basis. But I think Nick Nurse knows that he's still the engine of the team. He's still the most important player on the team. He's still, when it really comes down to it, the best player on the team. Um, so I think Kyle... Um, with all that being said, you would expect me to take the over, but I think he's going to be rested a lot more. And I also think we might see him on a little bit of a load management plan. This is me just speculating um, from what I expect to see from Kyle Lowry and to see from Nick Nurse um, and how they manage his minutes this year. I don't think we're really going to see a lot of times where Kyle Lowry's playing, um, you know, 38, 39, 40 plus minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so because of that, I think less time on the court is just going to translate to less production. So I'm going to take the under for Kyle Lowry. Vivek, what say you? Kyle Lowry over everything. I am taking the over. Kyle Lowry, if there's one thing he knows to take care of and secure, it's the bag. It's a contract year for him. <laughs> I think he's going to make sure that he has his points, rebounds, assists exactly where it needs to be. I do agree with Sahal in the sense that uh, he's going to understand the moments to take care of his body. But at the same time, we know those bonuses are there for him to play X number of games. I think he's going to make sure he does that. We've seen in the past, you know, the all-star games coming up, all of a sudden you see him rack up those points, rebounds, assists, everything. Uh, He's going to be mindful of all those things heading into free agency. So my expectation is that he'll beat the over in this one. I too am taking the over. Um, It's just a, it's more fun to root for. And also I think his assists are probably going to be quite high this year. I don't see his scoring dropping off a ton because I think they're going to need him to score quite a bit. Kind of like Mm -hmm. we saw in that Celtic series where like without him, there really wasn't like an efficient and go-to play you could rely on. That wasn't Kyle driving and ramming into Daniel Tice with his ass and scoring. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I think we're going to see the assist. I think we're going to see the rebounding be kind of the, you know, always respectable number that it is for a six foot guard. And I would say we're going to see the over on this one and I'm quite happy to predict it. Um, that's our first three. We're going to continue on. We're going to look at Fred Van Vliet coming up next, as well as a couple either ors in terms of minutes played. But first I want to tell everybody today about built bar. Yeah. Built bar, our favorite protein bar in the whole world. It's the most taste, good tasting, most delicious protein bar 
in the market right now. They have 18 wonderful flavors in their lineup, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, mint brownie, double chocolate, orange, toffee, almond, the all-time goat flavor. And uh, their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew, and they're great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for keto keto, keto diets as well. Basically, they are the exact opposite of everything I have been eating over the last couple days, uh, which has been a lot of baked goods that are not good for me. Instead, if you want a sweet little treat, instead go for a built bar instead of uh, one of those uh, brownie bars or something like that that I keep eating. And uh, and it's really, really playing on my, uh, I, I don't know, my pancreas or my liver. It hurts. Anyway, uh, go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off of your next order. That's the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Get yourself some damn Built Bars. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, uh, guys, let's continue on here. A reminder, part two of this podcast will run on Friday with uh, nine more props and over-unders, but we have six more to get to on today's show. Let's dive on in to the next one on the list here. Fred Van Vliet, points plus rebounds plus assists, the same number or same prop as Kyle Lowry. I've set it at 29.0 based on the 18.5 points and 6.5 assist lines that Bet Online has for Fred Van Vliet right now as well. I've baked in, you know, four rebounds or something like that. He was at 3.8 last year. So I'll go with Vivek first. Over under 29 points, rebounds, assists per game for Fred VanVleet. So this was probably the toughest one for me to figure out. Mm-hmm. And leaning on the logic I used with Pascal, with Kyle, I think I'm actually going to go with the under. Okay. Um, I feel like Fred is obviously going to come back a better player and show improvements, but I think he's going to play a bit more off the ball. I think some of this stuff, uh, you know, is going to play out in, in Kyle's favor in terms of handling the ball that much more off the bench. I think you're going to see Malachi Flynn handle the ball more. So the assist might go down a tad. Uh, the scoring might be up a little bit, but overall, I think he just might get under that 29. All right. So Hal, what do you think? I'm going to take the over. Um, I think Fred is actually, I have a very high expectation of Fred entering this season. I think he's going to be, this might be a stretch, but I think he's going to be battling Pascal for the highest scoring Raptor, um, at least points per game wise. So um, I can see both him and Pascal like hovering around the 21 to 23 range. Um, and because of that, and I think his assist, Vivek's right, his assist might go down a little bit. I think it was, what was it last year, 6.5 or something like that, 6.6, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think we might see it go down to maybe a 5, 5.5, 5.8, something around there. But I don't think it's going to be enough to really push him down. So I'm going to take the over. And I think Fred's going to take um, a much bigger leadership role this season with Kyle Lowry, especially Kyle Lowry. Again, I'm speculating, but I think Kyle Lowry is going to be load managed a lot more this season than than seasons past. Hmm. I uh, 
I think I'm going to go with Vivek on this one and say the under. I think mm-hmm. his assists will down be down, like you said. I think if the Raptors are doing the thing where they're trying to, you know, maximize every half court possession, it will have Fred off the ball a lot more. I would imagine we will see his scoring go up. He was at 17.6 last year. I would bet he's probably. I don't think I'd go quite as far as the Hall, but I would say probably, um, you know, 19-20 range. I wouldn't be surprised by. And Mm -hmm. the rebounding, I don't necessarily uh, trust uh, or expect a ton from Fred in that department, but I think it will Mm -hmm. be just under, you know, something like 19 points, five and a half assists that gets you to what, 24 and a half. And then, yeah, if he's got less than three and a half, less than four and a half rebounds. Yeah, it's going to be close, but I think just barely under based on that very crude and quick math. um, I will take the under uh we move on to the next one more minutes played matt thomas the man who's uh looking for a rotation spot not, not necessarily locked one down just yet or patrick mccaw nick nurse's favorite player who averaged like 24 minutes a game in the games he played last year only played 37 but he got a lot of run uh vivek or sahal let's go with you on first on this one who's gonna have more minutes between uh matt thomas or patrick mccaw I'm sorry. Let me just. That was just a moment of silence, really quick, because I honestly think this is this. There's no way Patrick McCaw. There's absolutely no way Patrick McCaw reaches the amount of minutes Matt Thomas does this season. And I'm not even saying that because I I think Nick Nurse is going to have some you know insane, you know colossal belief in in Matt Thomas joining the rotation, being an every single day guy. But I think we know Nick Nurse is a fan of Patrick McCaw, but I don't think he's a fan enough. I think. Matt Thomas really presents serious matchup problems for the majority of the league um, in terms of what he can do, not just what he can do, but what he can do while Fred and while Kyle and while Malachi and while Siakam are all on the floor with him. So I'm going to say pretty confidently, um, Matt Thomas, I just, I don't see, I don't see Patrick McCaw really carving out a consistent role like I do Matt Thomas this season. All right. Big V, what do you think? I'm with Sahal. I think it should be Matt Thomas. And, and just to clarify, we are talking about total minutes, not total minutes. Total minutes, yes, not minutes yeah. per game. Yeah, total yeah. Minutes. yeah, yeah. So total minutes. I, I think again, with the way uh, Nick Nurse is trying to ease Patrick McCaw into things and the knee issue, there's a lot of uh, uncertainty over that. I think Matt Thomas is going to come into the season raring to go. I think uh, I really like his aggressiveness. Uh, to start out this preseason. I think that's going to carry over into the regular season and he's going to be important. I think he's going to be an important guy off the bench. And Nick nurse has talked about wanting that seventh, eighth guy to get consistent minutes. And Matt Thomas would be one of them for me. So Patrick McCaw for me might be out on the outside looking in despite the evidence of the last couple of seasons. Yeah, this is a very difficult question because both of these guys are in that sort of group of wings, guards who are all kind of vying for two or three spots in the regular rotation, I would say. And so there's a chance both of them kind of get ushered out of it and it's different dudes who take up the lion's share of those minutes. I'm going to say against you know what I want, I'm going to say Patrick McCaw. He played in 37 games last year to Matt Thomas's 41. And Patrick McCaw played 908 total minutes to Matt Thomas's 440. I think the way Nurse deploys McCaw, it's like a far more trusting 
decision when he decides to put him in. He runs him for for long stretches of games and really has no worry about it. Whereas Matt Thomas, it's kind of like when he comes in, if he's hot, great. You play him again. Maybe he comes back in the second half. But if he doesn't look good in the first half stint, he often gets benched in the second half. And I, you know, you can agree or disagree with that approach with him, but that's kind of been how it's gone with him. And I, I talked about this on the Tuesday podcast I did solo. I think Thomas for me would be like 10th in my sort of hierarchy of players right now. He'd be behind Macaw or sorry, be ahead of Macaw that is, but that's my personal ranking. And we know Matt Patrick Macaw is at the very top of Nick nurse's personal ranking. And I yeah. think that that loyalty will prevail. I don't think either of them are going to play a ton of minutes. Like I don't think nine Oh eight, will be hit by either of these guys this year, but I do think it will be Macaw in a slight edge over uh, Matt Thomas. And maybe this is strategic because you guys both took Thomas and I get the point if I'm right, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> we move on. Another guy or a couple guys who could have a sort of say in where these back-end rotation minutes end up getting distributed are Chris Boucher and Malachi Flynn. I have more minutes played. Chris Boucher or Malachi Flynn this season. Again, total minutes. I think this is a very interesting one because they're at different positions, but similarly ranked, I think, in the overall rotation hierarchy based on two preseason games and nothing else. Uh, Vivek, what do you think about Boucher versus Flynn? Who's going to play more? Well, I just think Flynn is a bit, is in a bit more of a challenging spot because of the competition for places at the, uh, at the guard spots. And... With Boucher, I, I think he's going to end up playing more minutes just by default. And you look at the center rotation, Alex Len hasn't really shown much. Chris Boucher is basically going to have to play through some mistakes, which is something he necessarily hasn't had the chance to before. So, yeah, I, I would pick Chris Boucher. When I look at Malachi Flynn's competition, you look at, you know, 96 minutes at the guard spots. You got Kyle and Fred. Then you got Matt Thomas, who I expect to get a good chunk of minutes obviously nick said that norm is expected to play a lot more minutes at the three than the two which helps him a little bit but you know it looks like red acted is going to be a part of the rotation as well so Mm -hmm. the competition there uh i'll I'll take chris boucher in this one all right uh so what do you think yeah um i yeah i'm taking chris boucher like this is this is a this is compared to all the other over-unders this is pretty easy for me um i think chris like has a legit chance that like like i i think he has a legitimate chance of actually starting some games for um for toronto matchup wise at least I, i don't think um aaron baines and Siakam is gonna i think aaron baines Siakam is gonna work against the vast majority of teams in terms of starters but i think you could see Chris Boucher maybe sneak into some starting spots. Um, I'm not sure if Ibaka did that last year as much, but I think Chris Boucher is going to be a big, big, big part of this rotation this year. So, um, and what I've seen from him thus far in preseason has been encouraging. So, um, I'm going to say Chris Boucher pretty confidently. I am going to disagree with you guys again. I'm going to say Flynn, and I think Flynn pretty, pretty confidently. Um, I think. While there is competition for those guard spots, you know, including redacted, like you said, I I think Flynn, like, it's, again, it's been two preseason games, so there's only so much you can draw from it, but I do feel like he's got the kind of skill set and repertoire that 
kind of encourages trust from a coach. And I think Nurse will, uh, let's, let's put it this way. I think Flynn is far less likely to end up in Nurse's doghouse this year than Chris Boucher, who uh, jumped at every pump fake in the last preseason game and looked pretty out of sorts. And that's kind of his whole bag, right? And also Boucher was a pretty regular part of the rotation last year. He played 62 games and he only played 819 total minutes. And if you want to compare it to the other rookie guard who the Raptors had in the rotation last year, redacted, played 1,209 minutes over 72 games. Of course, he was the only one to play in every game for the team last year, but I think Flynn and Boucher will play in a similar number of games. I just feel like the the hook will happen with Boucher a lot earlier. I think he's going to lose a lot of his center minutes to OG sliding down and to Baines and Len, and I don't think we're going to see Boucher close games nearly as often as we might see Flynn later in the season as sort of an extra guard option. Uh, you know, if they want to run three point guards, I think that'll be a thing they do quite a bit once uh, there's a little bit more trust there. Maybe I'm too much a, a prisoner of the last two games in the preseason and uh, recency bias, as we've talked about and joked about. But no, I think I, think I can see it playing out that way. Path. I think yeah, that's a fair call. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, I'm going to get two points on this one and you guys are going to get none. It's great. All right. We move on to uh, uh, the next one here. Actually, we'll get to the final three. We're going to talk about Matt Thomas. We're going to talk about OG Adenobi. We're going to talk about Aaron Baines. All of that's going to come up in just a second. But just a reminder, everybody, go listen to Locked on Leafs as the Maple Leafs get closer to starting their season in the NHL in the All-Canadian Division. Highly recommend you check out Mike DiStefano's show covering the Leafs every single day. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, let's uh, continue on here, guys, and finish up with the first round of our over-unders and prop bets. Again, part two coming up tomorrow. Uh, Let's go to OG Ananobi. Points per game. The over-under I have set is 13 and a half points a game for OG Ananobi. Uh, let's start with Vivek. What do you got? So this was the easiest one to me. I, yeah, I, I, I'm I was, expecting I big maybe things. Maybe I put it too low. I, it, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm expecting big things. So I'm, I'm going to take the over on OG with 13 and a half. I think the improvements that he showed in the bubble, um, the initiative that he's trying to show through this preseason and do more off the bounce, do more just getting the ball uh, off the glass on the defensive end and bring the ball up the floor. It's good to see Fred Van Vliet let him do that now. Um, (laughs) I think those things are going to play into him having a monster year. All right. Uh, Vivek, do you agree? Sahal, do I agree? I I agree with myself. I agree with myself. I was writing into the over into Vivek's column on the spreadsheet and had Vivek on the mind. Uh, <laughs> Sahal, what do you got? Um, 
You know what? Um, yeah, this is an easy one for me. I'm going to take the over. I, I said before, I think OG is going to be on the brink of all-star conversation this year. Um, I think there was a prominent writer. Someone said uh, they really believed OG was going to make the all-star leap th- this year. I forgot Timmy who it Good was. Timmy Times, but... Tim Bontemps. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so he said it. So um, I agree with him. I don't know if he, like, he almost, he sounded very, like, convinced uh, and and. His his was more of like a conviction. I'm I'm just on the brink of OG making the All Star team, but um yeah I think for sure I, I don't I don't want to put a number on what I think he's gonna be, but I think it's definitely gonna be over thirteen and a half. If you had it at fourteen and a half, I probably still would have took the over too. Yeah, I, that was that was oscillating back and forth between the two. Um, Bet online has him at eleven and a half, so I thought wow. I'd tease that up just a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. And. Yeah, I mean, look, I think under 13 is within the realm of outcomes for OG. Like, maybe he doesn't take the step we all anticipate from him. And in that case, you know, maybe he's inefficiency. uh, You know, maybe he's more inefficient in a higher sort of usage or whatever it is. Um, Be careful, man. Emma's going to come get you. I'm not saying, look, I am not saying I think that's going to happen. It's just part of the range of outcomes. It is in like the bottom 20 percentile of possible OG outcomes. I agree he's going to be over 13 and a half, uh, probably a little bit too easy this line to to pick, especially considering, uh, you know, the behind the back dribble and dunk over LaBella ball, which had, got, had put us all in a tizzy uh, and the many things he's done so far in the preseason to uh, tantalize. But I, I don't think it's like a foregone conclusion that he's going to end up being like an 18 point a game score or a 16 point a game score. I think it's yeah. there's a world in which we all get the point here, but it's maybe a little bit closer than we expected. But he also does incredible things on defense and makes strides as a playmaker and is more of a well-rounded sort of utility knife type player as opposed to a dude who's like a slasher and score, which would be wonderful as well. Um, all right, we move on. We have two more here to wrap up the first part of the podcast. Uh, Matt Thomas, total threes made. I've set the line at 82, which is the number required. Actually, no, I should do 72 because uh, it's it's one per game is the number required to be qualified in the final end of season leaderboard. So 72 total threes made for Matt Thomas. Will he go over or under Sahal? Let's start with you. I'm going to take, okay. So I saw the 82 number and then that's when I was like, okay, um, there has to be like maybe a little issue here. Cause the game 72, but I thought you just chose 82 as just a, as a joke, but um I'm going to say this is tough because Matt Thomas is a guy that literally won't play some games as much as I was talking him up earlier. Like there's going to be games where like Nick nurse is just like, okay, like you just might not play today. Like it's just way too tough, but like the games he does play, like this guy can go off for three, four threes. So um, I'm going to, Oh, this is, this one's tough. I'm going to say over and I'm going to say over. And I hope you guys take the under just, just please take the under because <laughs> I want this one. Vivek, what do you think? No, I, I expect a pretty solid season from Matt Thomas. And so I was yeah. going to take the over on 82. So I'm definitely taking the over on 72. Oh, okay. And yeah, with him, I think he's someone who's going to be looking to shoot a lot more than last year. Last year, I think he was just trying to fit in and make the right play most of the time. And I think what we saw in that first game is going to be more so what I would expect uh, than the second game. I think the second game, credit to the Hornets for really you know keying in on him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think won a game 
it would be more than a reasonable expectation for me. See, I'm going to take the under, and it's because of what you just said, Vivek. The scouting report is more and more out on Matt Thomas every day. And there are a lot of games where he just gets clear run off the line. And it's helpful to the offense because teams are terrified of little Matt Thomas scurrying around and and being a menace around the the three-point arc. And that creates space for other things to go on. But I do think the way teams sell out to stop him and like really, really like to a pretty substantial degree, I think that kind of suppresses his totals a little bit. He only hit 47 threes last year in 41 mm-hmm. games. So I guess he would have been on pace to be one a game if the season had gone full uh, and he played every game, I suppose. But uh, I think Sahal's point that he's not going to play every game checks out. And I also think the I mean, the work he's done to, you know, fashion his game and be more impressive off the bounce and in the mid range and playmaking like that's all great and makes him a better basketball player. But I don't know. And and, and like I said, with the sort of toss up between him and McCaw, I don't think Thomas, because of his defense, as much as he's good in his own, I don't think he's necessarily guaranteed to play every night or be a part of the regular rotation. And maybe he was just in sort of a supersized version of last year where he was the emergency guy to come in and grease the wheels. I just I don't see him being a consistent enough member of the rotation with enough volume to get to where he's got to get to to be qualified. But I hope he does because he should be the leader in free th- in three point shooting in the league, and that would be very fun to have on a leaderboard in uh, in basketball reference history. Um, we move on to the final one on the list here. It is Aaron Baines points per game bet online has his over under set at nine and a half points a game. He was, I believe at 11.6 with the Phoenix suns last year, never averaged above nine and a half, I believe until last year. Uh, Vivek, let's start with you. Where do you got for Aaron Baines and his scoring production? Yeah, I'm going to take the over on Aaron Baines. I think again, this leads all the way back to the first prop bet that we had with Siakam. And I think with, him maybe just just about maintaining his scoring. And I think Chris Finch, even though he talks about opening up opportunities for Pascal, I think it's just going to lead to better opportunities for everyone else. And then I talked about Kyle Lowry having a great season in a contract year. Guess what he does best? He gets big men paid. And so mm. I think Aaron yeah. Baines, uh, with the opportunities that he's going to have, I think he should be able to get over that 9.5. So I'm taking the over on this one as well. Uh, Sahal, what do you think? Yeah, it feels like I've been agreeing too much with this guy today, man. (laughs) (laughs) You guys have agreed Um, on uh, four consecutive props and on uh, six of eight so far overall. You know what? Should I just be toxic right now? No. Um, I'm going to take the over. I'm going to take the over. Um. I just this and this is more belief in, in as soon as where's the sound this is more belief in Kyle Lowry and the guards than it is in Aaron Baines like true ability to score the basketball. I think the guards are just going to make it so easy. What we saw from Malachi Flynn, I know we're talking about Kyle Lowry and he got Bismack Biombo this four year four trillion dollar contract, but um, what we saw from Malachi Flynn like his his playmaking ability is insane. Like we knew he was a really good playmaker, one of the best coming out of the draft, but. I mean, he makes it look so easy. And I just think Aaron Baines, whether he plays with the second unit, the first unit, gets staggered, whatever happens, I think there's always going to be one guard that can really get him the ball in good spots. 
So I think Aaron Baines gets the over, um, but it's just by a bit. I think maybe mm-hmm. he's at 10, 10.5. Um, I'd be, I'd be completely shocked to see him hit like 12. I say he's anywhere between 10 and 11 uh, points per game. Yeah, this is belief in the guards. This is just pure belief in, in the Raptors guards. That is a very, very compelling argument. And Kyle Lowry gets dudes paid is uh, is tough to bet against. I am going to take the under. And again, this is not just me trying to be contrarian to you guys. I know it maybe seems that's the, the trend Sean, so far. Sean, it hasn't but... worked three years in a row. <laughs> I mean, I, w- I don't think I've been this contrary. And I think I've gone <laughs> different from the two of you in like seven of eight so far. But either yeah. way, I think... My thinking here is Baines got a lot of that production last year in the part of the season where DeAndre Ayton was out and he was trying to fill a really enormous usage hole left by DeAndre Ayton. Yes, Serge Ibaka offered quite a bit of usage, but I think that's going to be more like evenly dispersed to everybody as opposed to just the big man standing in his place. And I kind of think we're going to see Baines maybe not play as much as we think he's going to play. Like he's going to start, but he's only ever played north of 20 minutes a game. I think once or twice in his career. And I, I, I kind of think, you know, if I had my druthers, it'd be more of a platoon with Alex Len. I, maybe I'm too in on Alex Len, but I, I think there's just not going to be the same burden to score that was on Baines during that time last year with the Suns, where he was really asked to take on an extra scoring load. And I, I just think, We'll see, you know, he's he's going to be valuable. And, like, the space he's going to yeah. create with his screens and stuff will certainly pay dividends elsewhere on the floor. I'm just not sure if they're going to look to him as a play finisher as much as a play creator and roughhouser who knocks people over with screens all the time and opens up lanes to the rim for Pascal and Kyle and Fred and Malachi Flint and all that stuff. So um, I'm going to say under, but just slightly. And uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong because the three-point shooting will be quite... Uh, abundant i think from the fingers of aaron baines regardless of how silly his three-point stroke looks that's Twinkle it toe baines <laughs> hell yeah uh that's it for part one of over unders and props for the 2020 2021 raptors uh this was great guys vivek do you have anything you want to plug uh you can just look out for my usual stuff at complex and I should have some videos coming out for CBC Sports soon, so you can look out for that. Ooh. And yeah, I I did a recent piece for Complex on Plan Bs, Cs, Ds. Now that Giannis is out of the picture, mm-hmm. so you can check that out. And yeah, other than that, just the usual stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at Vivek M Jacob. Of my soccer podcast, Red Couch Manx. That if you're a footy fan or a Manchester United fan, you can check out as well wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. And that's about it. All righty. Uh, all right. Let's uh, – oh, Sahal, so, so what do you have to plug? <laughs> um, I was going to say, damn. Um, Sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> starting with Vivek, he's just going down the list. Um, that's two shots no, he's a, fired, by the way. At the beginning, he, was basi- he basically put an asterisk on your title. Yeah, yeah. Now he wasn't going to let you plug any stuff. Damn. That's I also called tough. you Vivek at some point today, too. I'm just trash. I mean, that's a compliment. <laughs> um you guys can obviously watch out for me on raptors republic i've been there for a few years now um i had a really cool podcast i did with um one of our site kind of site founders i think zarar is the founder if i'm not mistaken of mm-hmm. co-founder at least of uh, raptors republic i did a really really fun podcast with him it's called pardon the corruption you guys could search that up on youtube 
Um, I should be on a couple more podcasts. I think Raptors are public related with, I believe, Samson later this week. Samson Folk. Um, other than that, follow me on Twitter at sabd28. The season's starting, so there's going to be some content I'm going to be releasing on Raptors Republic and then hopefully on other platforms. We'll see. Outstanding. Uh, we, uh, You can find me, of course, on Twitter at Woodley Sean. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. It's very much appreciated. Today's local business of the day that we're shouting out because Amazon does not need your money anymore uh, is Sellers and Newell Secondhand Books, 672 College Street, Toronto, in Little Italy. A uh, great little secondhand bookstore. You should absolutely check them out. They are open uh, every day but Monday, 12 to 4 p.m., 672 College Street. People love books for Christmas, and they're doing pickup right now for COVID reasons, but make sure you uh, give them a shout. Again, 672 College Street, Sellers and Newell, secondhand books. All right, that'll do it. We'll be back again with part two of Raptors Over, Unders, and Props on Friday. Have a good one, everybody. We'll talk to you then. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.